0: Welcome back, baseball family. We're going to jump into the rest of our current events right now, starting with some no-hitters. And the first one I want to talk about, obviously, Brad, <laughs> of has to do with John Means in Baltimore throwing a no-no against who? Against the Mariners. Um, excuse me. Against the Mariners. That's right. Now, Brad, this is my question. What is with the Mariners either being the victims of so many no-nos or narrowly avoiding victimhood of the no-nos repeatedly?
1: What is happening? So this is the thing about Seattle. You could send the okay. you could send the best hitter in the league to Seattle. I mean, Adrian Beltre is exhibit A for this. He was he was outstanding before he came to Seattle. Outstanding after he left Seattle. But for some reason, during his time in Seattle, he got, there's some bug or something like that in that stadium where guys just forget how to hit. I don't know what (laughs) it is. I have no idea. But guys forget how to hit. Sean Figgins, before he came to Seattle when he left the Angels, was on, I don't want to say Hall of Fame trajectory, but he was a very good player. He got to Seattle and just fell off the face of the earth. And it wasn't because, it wasn't just because he, uh, was not good, but it's because he forgot how to hit and just about forgot how to play baseball while he was in Seattle. Jeez. Like I don't know what it is, and I swear the Mariners have been no hit more times than anybody in the last like ten years. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it feels like. So
0: it feels that way. Well, just in the last
1: ten days, it feels that way. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, <laughs> so game one of the four game series against the uh, against the Indians on Thursday night, that was you know Kalenik's debut. They were no hit through seven. Like seven plus. Right. You know, it was it was the first batter, of the eighth inning got a hit. And it's like, geez, it's about time. Man. Yeah. You no, know, I I was totally worried they were gonna get no hit again within a week. It was a legitimate concern of mine.
0: It is one hundred percent astonishing, and I don't think anybody Knows how to answer
1: for it, Brad. Do you? Yeah, uh, I don't. I have no idea what it is. Um, the only thing I can think <laughs> of is that they need to get a better uh, hitting coach up at the big league level. They had Edgar Martinez for a few years, but then he decided, you know what, my kids are at a good age to be home, so I want to be home. Now he's a consultant. But they need to find a really good hitting coach who can teach these guys how to actually hit at the big league level because they all do so well in the minor leagues. The reason Kellenick got called up after six games is because he – he was too good for AAA. Like, he was right. just shredding AAA pitching. And Kyle Lewis, the same thing in the minor leagues, was shredding AAA, A AA pitching. But then these guys get to the big leagues, and yeah, Kyle Lewis won Rookie of the Year last year. Jared Kellanick could still very well win Rookie of the Year this year. But I mean, I know there's a big jump from AAA to the big leagues, but you feel like some of it would translate. <laughs> it just doesn't seem Is like it a does Is there a big sometimes. jump for
0: coaching, though? That's my question, like wh- who's that triple A hitting coach that needs to be
1: moved up and why is that's that. That's the not thing happening? is they should promote that guy because he's doing something to develop yes. those guys in the minor leagues. Like like the okay, here's the biggest one for me is Mike Zunino. I've talked about him a few times throughout the podcast, like throughout the history of this podcast, yeah. I've talked about Mike Zunino. Because the dude hit like four fifty in Tacoma. I'm not kidding you. He was yeah. he, he hit the cover off the ball in the minor leagues, and that's why he spent like a year in the minors was all a year plus. And then they called him up because there was nothing else he could do in the minor leagues. And then he gets up and he's a 150 hitter. He had one good month. Right. He, called, it was, it was, he had a one really good June. They called it Junino where he had like six home runs. He's like, yeah, it's about time. And then got to July and he forgot how to hit again. You know, it's like he was way too good for the minor leagues and they would send him down periodically and be like, you know what, work on your swing, work on time, the fastball, hit the curveball. And then he'd come up and have like two good weeks. Then he'd forget again. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. Maybe, you're right. Maybe they do need to promote somebody. But, man, it's it's frustrating to watch as a Mariners fan, and it's the way it's been for 20 years now. So Something's it's wrong, absolutely though. unreal. For sure. Yeah. yeah. hmm Yep.
0: Well, Wade Miley for Cincinnati hit uh, – he no-hit the Indians in Cleveland. In That Cleveland, was just a few days I later, I think, heavens, because
1: I was really upset about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, that means no hitters. And you so. were – you were I glad think, though. I think I was the first one to post <laughs> about that on the on the group. Like as soon as that game went final, yeah. I was like, get to shared. We don't want, this. don't want to see anything about means anymore. <laughs> get them out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I was really yes. happy about that. Wade Miley, no hitter. But yeah, I mean so here's That makes the thing, five
0: on the year though. Yes.
1: That if you're counting Madison Bumgarner, that's five. That's where I was headed next. That's five on the year. Yeah. Um the most yeah. ever thrown, it was twelve in 19. in Sorry, I almost said nineteen in 1884. That's the dead ball era. Oh. Uh, we'll talk yeah, later if we should ball. count that or not. Uh, then there were nine thrown in 1990, eight thrown in 1991. Um, I'm curious if we're going to – I mean, are we going to see – I mean, Major League Baseball is not counting Mad Bumps, so there's four on record. Are we going to see five, maybe six more? No-no's this year, do you think, Brig? Um. Pfft. We could
0: I think we, we could really too. could, yeah, I don't know that we will, you said, will we, I don't know, could we, absolutely, yes, yep, especially yep. when Strasbourg like gets off the i l
1: <laughs> you know, guys yeah. like that <laughs> yeah, and and here's the thing with it here's this is my big thing with it, is that we see, you know the whole launch angle revolution. The guys don't yeah. necessarily care about striking out and got the shift. I feel like that's a big part of it. And I wonder if there, yeah. if we do see 10 or 11 no-no's this year, if we do see that many, if there's going to be something about outlawing the shift in the CBA this year, Um, they, yeah. they've talked about it. They kind of teased it, uh, you know, trying to find out different ways that they can outlaw the shift. And uh, I think if we see a whole bunch of no hitters this year, we could see something with the shift going by the wayside. Being outlined. I to think I agree. Right.
0: Well, and let's yeah, we will we'll get into this more later, but I agree with you. So let's get on to another statistic. Cole Garrett Cole strikes out sixty one batters without allowing a single walk. Now that is a major league baseball record, and it was about a week after Corbin Barnes set that mm-hmm. at fifty eight. Yeah. <laughs>
1: more pitching statistics coming at you yeah and it all goes i feel like it goes back to the big launch angle theme because guys are more likely to strike out because of the angle that they're uh that they're bringing the barrel through the zone um right and that but burns the record that he broke that was another dead ball era record wasn't it it was it was in the 1880s or 1890s or something like that okay yeah so and this is my thing is like should we should we consider dead ball era because it's almost like we're reverting the game right with right. with these deadened yeah. baseballs like i don't know if these deadened baseballs are comparable to baseballs from two thousand ninety two, ninety three, 93 whatever you know i don't know but how deadened are these baseballs because home runs are down i don't know because we've seen yeah. games this season where we had the Braves and Brewers scored a total of, what was it? it was like 18 runs. Yeah. Um, and then we had the I Dodgers and Angels like that. score 25 runs. There was one home run in that Dodgers-Angels game, two in that Braves and Brewers game. So it was 19 runs, in seem... the
0: Braves-Brewers game, 19 total runs.
1: Oh, there we go, yeah. With only two home runs. Yeah. Right.
0: So which I think there, is
1: awesome. It is awesome cuz that's what we're all about. Like like don't get me wrong, I like seeing home runs. They're fun, but I would rather see guys string together a bunch of hits because that's more fun to watch. Right. It's more fun to watch. Put know, the ball in play, steal a
0: base, drag a bunt.
1: Yeah. And, and and you know a lot of guys like you hear broadcasters sometimes talk about this like i know the mariners uh backup broadcaster um aaron goldschmidt he's really into analytics like really really into into analytics and he is like so anti-bunt he's like the bunt is not exciting that is not an exciting part of baseball it's like yes it is because you have got is. two guys <laughs> crashing the plate to cover you've got You've got a wagon wheel of rotation going around the infield, and you've got outfielders coming in to back up. Like, What's not exciting about that? A home run, yeah, it's fun to watch, but everybody just stands and watches it go over the fence.
0: Yep. There's not a lot of movement, not a lot of activity. There's no danger, and that's what I think I love about it. There's no crisis, right? you drag a bunt, a perfectly executed bunt, up -hmm. the third baseline, there's a crisis happening. Everybody has to jump on their feet and figure out how the freak they're going to handle this situation because they either saw it coming and they they played it well or poorly or they the best is when they don't see it coming and here we go and that third baseman is sprinting from the outfield grass line <laughs> yeah. all the way you know to try and crash down on to pick up that ball that's
1: the best it's the it's the crisis that I love you know there's no more chaotic play in baseball than a sacrifice bunt with a guy who can run with a runner on second base yep so chaotic because you've got the you pitcher squeeze it that first base. baseline right it, yep and you've Oof. got the, the first baseman crashing and then you've got the other then you've got the second baseman and the shortstop and the third baseman trying to cover their bags but yeah it's yeah that, that is, is pitchers like pitchers falling over first
0: baseball. base trying
1: to <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> It's I outstanding, love it dude. It's, it's, fun. it's so good i agree 100% yeah. agree. So, you know, th- and this so. is one of the thoughts I had about these deadened baseballs is that in Korea, oh, was it two years ago? They talked about how they, uh, I'm actually wearing my KBO hat tonight, uh, my NC Dinos hat. Nice. Um, but they talked about how they had deadened the baseballs because they had a major surge in home runs. So they deadened the baseball and they saw kind of a downturn in the total. Yeah. And it, And they said overall that guys didn't have a problem with it, you know, that they're Still playing ball and not complaining about hitting less home runs. The pitchers were kind of like, okay, you know, that's good for me. But right. Pitchers you know, don't and, care. And I haven't seen anything negative come out from from hitters. Because the guys who are gonna hit home runs are still gonna hit home runs. Right? Yep. They're just not yep. those moonshots outside of the stadium, you know. And guys are still hitting four hundred and fifty foot bombs, no big deal. It's true. But I do feel like we've seen balls that would have been two, three rows deep, are off the wall or caught on the warning track, which I am fine with. Yep, I love it. Absolutely okay, but I am going to love it
0: even more a year, two years, three years from now when all that culture starts to shift and they're like, "Well, this I am not one of those guys anymore."
1: Well, and you know that's actually a different way. I was going to say that next because Mike Trout has his average long launch angle is lower than it's been in like the last like six years and his average is up. his batting average is up i hope i hope 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 that teams will see that and be like oh yeah drive the ball to the gap don't try to hit it over the fence you can still beat the shift with a line drive yes because
0: that's what needs to happen Just be smart just be smart i watched a thing I watched a thing today or yesterday uh, with Frank Thomas, Pete Rose, and Alex Rodriguez. They were on an ESPN show or MLB TV show or whatever it was. Uh-huh. And they were talking about – Pete Rose was talking about where he put his hands. He's like, I want to pull the ball, I put my hands here. If I want to go down you know, down the middle or, or beat the gap, I put it in here. If I want to go opo, I put it in here. He said mm-hmm. – He's like, my swing never changed. The only thing that changed is I put my hands in a little bit of a different angle. That's it. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. I was like,
1: wah! And the the thing that blows my mind with that, the thing that blows my mind with that is that my high school coach taught us that. That he would put put a bucket on uh, like the right field side of second base. And he would tell us if you hit the ball to the left, it's an out. If you hit the ball to the right, you can keep hitting. And so we had, and that's you know, awesome. And, and so we worked on that. We worked on our hands, you know, bringing your hands through, um, keep the barrel, of the bat back, and and we learned directional hitting. You know, he so the varsity good. field was like, golly, I want to see the varsity field is like four twenty to straightaway center because he hated home runs. He wanted <laughs> he wanted the team to learn how to play defense and and not hit, not rely yeah. on home runs. And so, uh, so he was all about directional hitting and situational hitting and things like that. So yeah, that was something that we learned pretty early and it blows my mind that guys get to the big leagues and it seems like they don't know that and you know i know it's different hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball 100 mile an hour fastball than hitting jv yep. high school pitching you know <laughs> or even varsity totally. high school oh, pitching. of course yeah you know i understand that but at the same time at that level th- those guys should be good enough they should be able to do it and that's, that's something i've been saying yeah. for years i agree with you that no, Pete I Rose saying that to a group of big leaguers, you know, I understand to the fan if it's a revelation, but to big leaguers, it shouldn't be a revelation that they know. No, and that, on, I agree. Yeah, so depending on where you put your hands. But what with, I'm saying is the barrel and everything. But yeah, we're anyway, seeing,
0: go ahead. we're seeing, we're seeing a reset almost. Like the the baseball in the '70s was so fun, mm-hmm. so exciting, so dynamic, and that's. That's why I love listening to Pete Rose because he knows how to beat the shift, right? There yeah. wasn't a shift back then, but he knew he, – he. I guarantee you, Pete Rose in his prime, he could beat the shift every day. Pete Rose. He's like, Tony oh, Green. I'm going to switch hit. Yeah, totally. He's like, oh, I'll just go left-handed today. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, – Dude, amazing. He's a freak, but you know what I mean? He is. Like, yeah. yeah. But th- I bet amazing. you,
1: though, I bet you, though, there are a lot of guys – from the 90s, even power hitters who could beat the shift.
0: Oh, I agree and do with you. it
1: well. Yep. So, I mean Yep, I 100% agree with you. But no, I do hope that there is a shift in culture in the in the coming years because, you know, like I said, Mike Trout having his average up is a big is a really really big deal. That's a really big yeah. deal. And yeah, uh, it, it is. it could it could lead to positive things in the future and you know especially you for see. all the
0: people who are like batting average is stupid i'm like no it's not yeah. <laughs> i
1: know i know cuz all they care about all they care about is uh is slugging like i you know yep. uh, real quick story for you before we before we wrap this thing up when i when we were in college i was covering our uh, our our school's baseball team and there was a kid who went on like a 13 game, 14 game hitting streak, something like that. And he was like 10 or 11 games in. And I, I brought it up to somebody that, cause he wasn't, he was not known for being a great hitter, but he found a groove and man th- from there to the rest of the season, he was, he was an excellent hitter. But, uh, but I brought it up to somebody who was, I think he, he was like one of the, like their color analysts. I said something about how he's on a, like an 11 game hitting streak, you know, after having been so terrible and he goes, well, yeah, but what's a slugging percentage? It's a lot of singles. I don't care he's getting on base. He's scored more runs than anybody during that time. <laughs> like I don't care that he's not hitting home runs. He's getting on base and he's coming around and scoring because the guys behind him are getting on base too. You know like yeah. he's there. He's turned solo home runs into 2 3 run home runs that that wouldn't have been there otherwise. You know the guy behind him get on base, they extend the rally and then they cap it off with a home run. You know, he okay. his average went from like 220 to like 375 over the course of those few weeks because he he wasn't just wow. getting on base once he's getting on base two three times a game and it, it was mm-hmm. a big deal and they ended up with you know that team ended up catching fire at the right time and actually won the conference tournament and I, I think that his groove had a lot to do with it because there was a lot of positivity when he got up there and got on base but that's just me for sure i don't know you know yeah so Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.